Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Home to all the jaw-dropping moments. Home to all the best plays in the league. Home to your favorite players from the cities you love. MLB.tv is the home of streaming baseball. Home or away, catch all the MLB action this season with live and on-demand content across all your devices. Enjoy MLB Big Inning, select pregame and postgame coverage, and an expanded library of highlights and content. Never miss a moment of the action with MLB.tv. Stream every game from every team all season long with MLB.tv. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Bradford Show. Coming up, coming your way. I've been thinking long and hard about who is going to be the next Bradford Show for this week because I'm, I'm populating a lot of them. And I was also thinking, like, who can help me introduce? And I, I was go scrolling through Twitter, and I saw the camera guys and Glenn Gleason and Bill Messina. And, and one of those two, the one not named Glenn Gleason, Bill Messina's here. Moose, Moose, what's going on? Well, I feel lonely without Glenn, but I'm still here. Okay. Well, he will he will be introducing the next podcast. But I'm always I know that you're a huge huge fan of this podcast, yes. as I am of your. Uh, I just like to say Bradford Show. Bradford, okay, give me a good yeah. one. Bradford Show. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there is a panache that, that anybody, mm. young and old, mm. can bring to introducing the Bradford Show, and you always bring a little something, a little something extra. You know, I had a little bit of a, I call it a craving, I don't know what you want to call it. I feel like you need your next one to be somebody with a beard, mm. a good beard, thick. Good beard. You know what I mean? I appreciate a good beard. Uh, and let's go outside the box. Let's go... Like somebody that's a redhead on the team. Mm, okay. I haven't had a lot of redheads on this oh, podcast. See, this is going to be a spicy, this might actually have been the first one. one. Yeah. So, uh, with all those with all those um, mm-hmm. factors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who who would be the one that you would want? I like guys that can throw hard. Yeah. So I'm narrowing it down here. Okay. And I like guys that are that, that can finish things, finish it off. Okay. So I got to go with the closer, Craig. Kimbrough. Well, today's your lucky day, Moose. What? Wait, what? <laughs> Today is your lucky day. Don't fool with me, Rob. I'm not. I sat down with Craig Kimbrell, closure of the Boston Red Sox, the elusive Craig Kimbrell. Cut it out. You can agree and with I can that. Hear this? He is. A, you, you can not hear. You're introducing it right now. He is the, elusive. The elusive Craig Kimbrell doesn't do a lot of interviews. Yeah. 
but he sat down with me in the dugout. Come on. And what we talked about, we talked about something you love the pitching, the science of pitching. Yes. He's one of the more fascinating guys to yes. me. Of course, we got into where is he going to pitch? The seventh inning? The Ooh, eighth inning? The ninth big inning? Big question of the year. Does he want to pitch anywhere yeah. but the ninth inning? Talked a lot about it, Moose. I want to hear it. Okay. Can I well, hear it right now? Here you go. One, two, three. Here you go. Perfect. All right, Craig, thanks for taking a few minutes here and uh, the dugout of Fenway Park. And, and so I've always been fascinated sort of how you pitch. And, and, and we talk about velocity and everything else. But when you, when you pitch, when, you're, when you've come up and you're pitching, do you look at hitters' reactions first and foremost beyond anything else? I mean, I mean, first off, here at the big league level, the uh, scouting reports we get, um, and everything's so broken down. Uh, we kind of have a, a pretty good idea, uh, game plan, uh, try to how, to how to attack guys, uh, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. But you can never get away from your strengths and weaknesses, no matter you know who's in the box. So, you know, I, I feel like sometimes you know scouting reports are great, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you have it. But when you get out there on the mound, you're just competing. You're going out there giving the guy everything you got. The last thing you need to do is, you know, try to hit a corner, uh, try to throw the nastiest pitch you've ever thrown I mean I think at the end of the day it's it's one-on-one and uh, you just give the guy the best you got that day well to me you raise a good point because to me it's like you're the you would be the anti-scouting report guy because you have the two dominant pitches and to me it'd be like here you hit my stuff I'm not going to play so much to what you can or can't do yeah I mean that comes into play but you also have to be aware of guys who I mean with velocity nowadays there's there's not there's not too many pitches guys can't can't catch up to down in the zone. Has that so, changed? Has that has, has that changed? For I think you? I think it, I think it's flip flopped. Yeah. Um, I felt like the, when I first came up, you know, obviously, you know, guys were better middle in, uh, kind of up in the zone. Um, you know, coming up as a brave, it was down and away. Uh, and if you know a, a down and away pitch, it's you know most of the time it's gonna come. It's gonna be a good result. Um, but from what I've seen over the last two years. You know, guys' swings are really set up with a lot of power down the zone. Yeah. You know, if, no matter how hard you hit, if guys time it up, it's going to go a long ways down there. So, you're definitely paying attention to that. Uh, but working, working up in the zone, you just got to work just just right above the strike zone. What was the most eye-opening? You talk about coming over here. You have a National League guy coming over here in, in not only the American League but the American League East. What was sort of the most eye-opening? thing in terms of approach like oh man i could do that there and i can't really do that here uh i just think the power in the lineups is quite a bit more um in the american league east and and these lineups are so deep um there's not really a lot of guys in the lineups where uh you'd be like okay i don't have to worry about this guy getting out of the park i can i can go at him if he he gets me it's going to be a double or you know a single um but it seems like every everyone in the American League lineups are you know have a have a chance to hit the ball over the fence on you and are trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's a big bat league and a big bat division. So I, I think that's been really been the biggest difference I've noticed. What's the, what what pitch for you or what do you do better now than you did when you first became a Red Sox? You think? Mm. I mean I know it's it's. You're relatively the same pitcher. You've had a lot of success. That's why you're here. That's why you get traded for. Uh, I think. I think the biggest, the biggest difference, like as pitching wise, um, I wouldn't say like stuff wise, uh, and my my how I attack guys is 
has changed really any. I think it's just understanding which guys can hit certain pitches. Really? Uh, like I said earlier. Yeah, because you hadn't faced pitching, this league, right? Pitching down in the zone, you know, uh, you can't always just get a strike down there because, you know, it's a potential home run pitch. Do you remember an at-bat where you're like, okay, I'm going to have the, this fastball, it's 97, 98, it's rising fastball, I can get by with this, and I'm like, holy crap, you know. <laughs> I oh, I wasn't able to get by with it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're throwing out to put fastballs in there, eventually you're gonna hit it. Yeah. So I mean, is getting that breaking ball over and showing showing the guys you can get it in, and therefore strike really expands everything. And that's not just for me; that's for every pitcher. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, if a guy has a good fastball, it's only gonna play as, as good as his secondary secondary pitches. So you go last year. I know the first year here, you were sort of battling some injuries and things like that. But was it as simple for you, you last year? Besides the health stuff of this control, like you can put, you have the, the pitches, but you can put it where you wanted to put it. I mean, is it is it is that? I just think. I mean, last year I was a lot. I went back to just being aggressive, really, and, and going right at guys. And you know, in doing that, you get away with some pitches sometimes, and you can see the reactions of hitters when they. They foul a ball straight back, thinking they, they should have hit it out, and they probably should have. Uh, but that opens up the rest of the at bat, maybe even the next time you face them. Uh, and I realized that. I realized just going going right at guys, not walking guys, not trying to be crafty. The guy hits a solo solo home run off of me in a three run ball game or a two run ball game. We're still we still got the lead. Um, and I think just having having that mentality and getting back to that mentality uh, really helped me out last year. So that, that first year was like sort of worrying, like worrying about I have to know hit this hitter I have to know that hitter I have to finesse it a little bit more and, st- and then you just come out and say hey alright you know what here's my stuff I'm going to go at you and there you go yeah pretty much really well it worked it worked um, so you know I talked to you know last year you know, I know a lot has been talked about the ninth inning eighth inning and everything else but one of the things that interests me is that I talked to Billy you know Billy Wagner at all oh yeah I know Billy really yeah well. so Billy Billy was here he was awesome he was I really Really enjoyed like him talking. He came and he came as an eighth inning guy, and he was really honest about like this is how they approach hitters approach you in the ninth inning. This is how they approach the eighth inning. Like you you pitched in the eighth inning last year five times or something. I don't know if that's enough of to tell or if you've talked to guys. But it's not to me. It's not just the you're pitching a different inning. Like, talking to Billy, Billy is sort of like they the hitters act differently. Do you is that do you buy into that at all? I mean, I think definitely in different. I mean, at different times of the game, different score of the game. Obviously, knowing you have more outs, uh, you know, I understand why. But I, you know, I haven't really had the, that much experience. Because I mean, when you came in, when, and- I, when I come in the eighth inning, I'm treating it just like the ninth. I, I still feel like guys are trying to, you know. Put, put the ball in play early. Try not to get deep in counts. Um, but I really haven't noticed. Yeah, I mean that's it's a bad example because obviously when you were brought in, it was an important time. You know, it wasn't just a random time. So it's um, I don't know. I don't know if you've talked to other guys about that or not. Like the difference in the ninth inning, like what the ninth inning is all about. Talked to Tony Larusso about it. I mean, he was the guy who invented, you know, the, the, and saying the ninth inning is just different. Like, have you talked to guys about that at all or? Well, I mean, it's been a saying ever since, you know, I've, I've known the game of baseball is the last three outs, the toughest outs of the game. Yeah. I mean, 
Uh, I mean, you can see, I can look I can look at our lineup and I can see our ninth innings and how we, we approach closers and the aggressiveness our guys have. It just seems different sometimes. It seems like uh, have maybe have a little bit more of an edge or uh, maybe a little bit smarter of an approach uh, based off of how their, their bats have gone throughout the game or what the situation the game is. Uh, all those factors come into play. We, you know, Alex has talked about talking to you about using you differently, whatever. Um, first of all, how was that conversation? And also, like, how do you view the way that bullpens are going now? Well, first of all, our conversation was pretty basic and straightforward. Yeah. And talked about situation and nothing that I've, I've, n- I've never, you know, been accustomed to coming in and getting out of a, a situation or... Uh, you know, trying to say we're we got a game close and it's a big game uh, coming in and and getting some guys out of situations in the eighth inning. Uh, from the conversations we have, it hasn't been you know too different than what I've always known. It hasn't been like oh we're gonna turn we're gonna flip flop the world of relief pitching and no not at all no no so is that. It, is that was that nice to talk to him like into that that way? Well, absolutely. You want to be on the same page as the guy the guy making the decisions of how the game's going to roll, and uh, I think if, as long as the whole team is is on the same page, you know, every, you know, in, in any kind of work field, everything works works better and flows better. So, what do you think about the way the bullpens are going? You're you're, you're obviously a student of the game. You know, so when when you look at the way that you know things are going in in baseball and the way that bullpens are used, Addison Reed, a guy who was a closer, if you told me he was going to become, you know, say, oh, it's okay, I'll be a setup guy. What's your take on the way things are going? In in the sense of no, just like like that that things are being valued a lot. Like when you became a closer, it was completely different. Now that was a few years ago, but the fact that Alex is having this conversation with you, the fact that Aston Reed is there, you know, setting guys up, you know, the fact that we have other examples, it is just a the bullpen is viewed in a different light. Well, I think I think a lot of it comes out of analytics and looking at uh, where the the lineups swing around and uh, who's coming up in the eight. And, and if uh, it's more important to get through the, that eighth inning to get to the ninth inning uh, and, and things like that, um, I think analytics are great, but you can't, you still can't measure what it takes. But to that's get what I'm talking about, though, right? Game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so um, that's the difference. I mean, to me, that's the biggest difference. I mean, my, my view of it is, yeah, it's very, very important in the eighth inning if the middle of the lineup's coming up. But if the bottom lineup's coming up in the ninth inning, and those guys get guys get on. Well. Before you know it, the middle line was back up with runners on and a lot tighter ball game than maybe it was in the eighth inning. Right. And so when you have, like, when you talk to people about that, it's like, obviously, you, you know the value of those last three outs, no matter uh, no what. Do you want to articulate that to say, hey, you know what? I'll do whatever. I'll come in whenever. But I also want to, my feeling is I know what it's like to get those last three outs. I don't know if you, like, you, if, it's, if it's a back and forth conversation or it's just whatever. Yeah, I mean, my whole, my whole thing behind it is, you know, if I'm coming in the game, I'm coming in and trying to finish the game. So if I do come in the eighth inning, you know, I have full expectations to go back out there for the ninth and which close was, it out. Which is what happened for the most part, unless the game got out of hand last year. Yeah, unless we scored ten runs. Well, that happened a couple. <laughs> that happened a couple times, right? Yeah, it did. The uh, so so. so I, I can appreciate that. I mean, I can appreciate the fact that three outs, last three outs, like I said, LaRusso said this. I, it's an interesting conversation, though. I think it is. Because I think when people say the seventh inning or... I mean, I, 
all, all three innings are important. You know, you yeah. can't. I'm not going to have a chance in the and to get the last three outs in the game unless we take care of what happens in the seventh and in the eighth inning. I mean, I'm not going to get a chance to pitch in the ninth inning if we don't take care of what happens in the first inning. Right. So it's really based off the team effort uh, just to get to that point. Right. But but what if you are the guy like in the seventh inning? Could you understand that? The guys pitching in the seventh inning. Yeah, if, if like, like, okay, here comes Judge Sanchez and and Stanton in the seventh inning. Um, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll be pitching in the seventh inning. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't think you would. But there's guys. I go back to when uh, when they started the whole Joe Madden started. It's just different. It's a it's a bigger conversation, and I just find it interesting because you know this is the way it's going. What's what do you like as we sit here right now? Do you have any idea of how long you want to? pitch or play you're a young man so maybe that's there's a lot of factors that come into that and the number one thing is health you know obviously as long as I can stay healthy um, you know I've Feel like I'm still still on a good team that has a chance to win. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna play as long as my body allows me to. But there's a lot of other factors that come into that. You take well. you take you're a workout. You like working out. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. Did this did when did that click in for you? I've always liked to work out, but I think over the years just trying to modify it and realize what's good and what's bad for me and really what to focus on and. Uh, that's why I always, I always try to do my workouts after the game. Do most guys do that like you do? We walk by you in Tampa, and I know you do this all the time, but we don't. Like we walk by you, and you're t- using a medicine ball like after you had pitched. And Do most guys do what you do? Uh, I think it's a lot of late inning guys do. Do they? Um, just, you know, I'm preparing for the situation towards the end of the game late at night. Uh, so I kind of want to train my body to be ready uh, later on in the day. Because some guys lift before, right? Yeah. That's always ba- bizarre to me. To. There was a point where I used to. I used to lift before the game, too, but it got to a point where I felt like I was fatiguing myself before I got out there and actually did my job. Um, so we kind of modified it to working out afterwards, and it kind of pushes me, too. If I go out there and, and you know, throw 15, 20 pitches, you know, I'm pushing myself after the game. So the next time I go out there um, and I throw 35 pitches, I'm not as gassed. Right. I'm just kind of trying to train my body to, to overexert myself so when those times come, I'm not... I'm not struggling. You have to be disciplined, man, to work out after a long day of work. That's just, you know, I'm used to it now. I, I actually enjoy it. You like it? Yeah, yeah I, I can it. tell that. It helps me go to sleep too. Does it really? Yeah, when you're when you're pitching, when you're pitching at 10 o'clock, you know, probably 11 o'clock tonight. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's hard to get you get ramped up into the game. Your adrenaline gets going. So sometimes, you know, getting there and getting a workout, you know, kind of helps helps me calm down and. Uh, so I can rest at night. That's good. Well, last question: How are you doing? How you feel good? Like obviously, it's been it was sort of sort of a weird ramp up to this year. Um, did it like when you hit Tampa? Did it seem like physically? Did it seem like okay? Got a couple in. I feel okay. You know, you were throwing all right. But are you starting to feel as it's gone on? Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm definitely starting to get to that point. Um, to say I'm 100 percent ready to go, I'd be lying. But I'm good enough to go out there and get out uh, and still try to work on and find. Uh, the rest of what I got, so um, very close to that. Hopefully, we'll, we'll see that tonight. What was the thing that was just that didn't feel quite right? It's just it? timing. I think was getting it? comfortable on the mound, getting 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 used to the ball coming out of my hand, and, and things like that. Um, 
you know, not yanking the ball and trusting it and things like that. Things yeah. that it just takes takes time throwing and uh, long tossing and, and working on things like that. And you can't simulate, you know, going out there and getting the soreness that you, you get in a, in, a, in a regular season game. Um, and just trying to get in, getting all that taken care of and uh, under control. All right. Well, I'm glad everything's going well with your family. I'm glad everything's going well here. And I really appreciate you taking some time. Okay. Thank you. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Ever wonder what it's like to play in an MLB game? Play Loud is your exclusive look into the fun of the game as we mic up the league's biggest stars and follow them with dedicated cameras both on and off the field. Watch game-time reactions to some of the biggest plays and follow your favorite players as they chat in the dugout with their teammates between innings. You never know what you're going to see or hear. It's baseball like you've never watched before. Tune in for new episodes of Play Loud only on the MLB YouTube channel. MLB YouTube channel. A bad team facing a good team is never completely out of it. Nick Costos, co-host of You Better You Bet. 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the BetQL Network. There's 162 games in the season. The best teams are going to lose 60-plus times, and the worst teams are going to win 60-plus times. Each night is its own individual entity. That's what makes betting on the baseball regular season so much fun. All the insight you need to bet smarter is at BetQL.com. And listen to You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, streaming weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey.